our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Did I do good? Amen. Amen. Well, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. The Lord's Prayer that comes to us in the Gospel of Luke is a, is a little bit different than the one we find in Matthew. And what I find interesting here is that the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And it's interesting because the disciples could have asked Jesus for anything, right? They could have said, Lord, teach us to preach because when you preach, people listen and you preach with power. Lord, teach us how to teach like you did, to teach with authority, because when you teach, people's lives are transformed. They could have said, Lord, teach us how to perform great miracles like you do, because we want to see heaven breaking into earth. We want to see people healed. We want to see amazing things happen. But they didn't say any of that. Instead, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I want you to think about if you could sit across a dinner table from Jesus and you could say, Jesus, teach me how to blank. What would you ask him to teach you how to do? Some of you might say, Lord, teach me how to fill out the perfect NCAA bracket so I can win a lot of money and I can give it to your church, and, you know, give 10% and keep 90% for myself. You know, maybe you'd say, Lord, teach me how to live a life of contentment, to live a life of joy. Lord, teach me how to fill out a killer resume so I can get a new job and I can provide for my family. Lord, teach me how to have peace in the midst of all the craziness going on around me. There's lots of things that you and I could ask Jesus to teach us to do. And I doubt that most of us, if we could ask him to teach us one thing, we would say, teach us how to pray. But that's what the disciples did. And while they often got it wrong, I think in this instance, the disciples got it right. They got it right in saying, Lord, teach us how to pray because they had seen Jesus teach, they had seen him preach, they had lived with him, they had walked with him, they had seen the miracles, and they knew that behind all of those things, there was a power, a power that wasn't natural, it was supernatural. And as they watched Jesus day after day leave the crowds and go spend time in prayer, the disciples knew that this power that Jesus lived with and ministered with, this power came through prayer. And so they asked them, Lord, teach us how to pray. And thankfully, Jesus answered them. And thankfully, we have the prayer that he gave to them today that we can study, which we know is the Lord's Prayer. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, you know that we've been going through the Lord's Prayer line by line, looking at this prayer, because this prayer is a pattern that Jesus gives us to pray ourselves, a pattern that enables us to receive that same power that Jesus did, a, a pattern that connects us 
with the person of God. And this is important because a lot of us struggle with prayer, right? We struggle with prayer. We struggle to know if our prayers make any difference. We struggle to stay awake during prayer. We struggle to know how to pray, when to pray, what to pray for. We struggle with a lot of different things. So thankfully, Jesus has given us this teaching. And so today, we're going to continue in looking at the next line of the Lord's Prayer. And now, if you don't have the Lord's Prayer uh, memorized during the series, we're encouraging you to do that, to internalize it yourself so that you can use it as a springboard, as a pattern for deeper prayer. And uh, if you didn't get one of the cards the last few weeks, we have handcrafted uh, letterpress Lord's Prayer cards out in the, in the lobby in a basket. So we'd love for you to grab one of those on your way out, begin learning it yourself, teaching it to your family, praying this prayer together. And so we've been diving deeper into the prayer. We started at the beginning, and we discovered that prayer begins not with us, but with God. And that at the beginning of the prayer, Jesus highlights God's greatness when he acknowledges that, that God is in heaven and that God is holy. But we also learned in this prayer that we acknowledge God's closeness to us, that he is a loving father who wants to give us good gifts. And then last week, we looked at that second line in the prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we talked about how Jesus wants us to pray that heaven would break into earth and that we would help in that kingdom building that God is doing here and now. And today, we're going to look at the third petition. But before we get to that, I want us to say the, the prayer out loud together. And so we have it here on the screen. And so will you read it out with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. The prayer starts in a very big way with God and with heaven and the kingdom and all of these kind of huge things. And then when we finally are invited to pray for ourselves, it gets very nitty gritty, very practical. Jesus asks us to pray for bread. Now you have to realize that the disciples in their day and time, bread for them, it, it wasn't an appetizer like we might get at Italian oven the place with the best bread in Henry County. Amen? Okay, some of y'all don't know. Some of y'all don't know. You need to go there. Bread for them wasn't an appetizer like it is for us. Bread for them was the meal. Bread for them was hearty. It gave them sustenance. It gave them the ability to have strength and to live the life that God created them to live. And so when Jesus is inviting us to pray here, give us this day our daily bread, he's asking us to pray, give us, Lord, the strength and the things we need to live as your people here and now. Give us those physical things that we need. And so if Jesus was in Central America, he might have prayed, give us this day our daily corn. If he was in Asia, he might have prayed, give us this day our daily rice. And so here, he's inviting us to pray for our daily needs. And we can even think of expanding this line of the prayer, give us this day our daily shelter. 
Give us this day our daily clean water. Give us this day our daily health care needs. Give us this day the things that we need. That's what Jesus is inviting us to pray here. And so for some of you, if you're like the man I once met in a Bible study when I was teaching on prayer, and he said, you know what, Pastor? I never pray for myself because that just seems so selfish. And so I only pray for other people. Well, if that's you, you know what? Thanks for being humble all these years. But God says that it's okay to pray for yourself. It's okay to pray for the needs that you have. But if you're like most people, if you're like me, and you tend to go first and pray for yourself the majority of the time, I want you to see here that Jesus is inviting us to pray for ourselves, but he's inviting us to pray for our needs, not luxuries. He's not inviting us, hey, Lord, give me this day a new Mercedes. Give me this day a house with lots of storage for all of my stuff. Give me this day the new iPhone 19, right? He's not praying, give us this day all of those special things, all of those extras. No, he's saying, give us this day our daily bread, those things that we need. And so it's okay to ask for those things because God, our Heavenly Father, wants to give them to us. But in this prayer, when the disciples would have heard this originally, give us this day our daily bread, their minds would have immediately jumped back in time, back to their ancestors, back to people, God's people, the Israelites, who were wandering around in the desert when God gave them bread on a daily basis. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, it comes in the book of Exodus, right after Moses has led God's people out of slavery and bondage in Egypt. God has done a miraculous thing. He's parted the Red Sea. They have marched through on their way to the promised land. Then they get to this desert wilderness area. And when they get there, all of God's people immediately begin to grumble and complain because they are hangry. You know what that is, right? Hungry and angry. Some of you, if this service isn't over by 1145, you're going to be hangry. You're going to be hangry. You're going to be ready to go to Italian oven or to go out to eat. God's people, they were hangry. They were upset. And they actually began complaining to Moses and grumbling, saying to him, Moses, we were slaves, but at least we had food. Now we're in the wilderness, and now we're just going to come out here and just die from no food. And so they were, they were grumbling. They were complaining. And then God heard their cries, and he said this to Moses, He said, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And for 40 years, God provided bread from heaven for them. God provided for them on a daily basis, this substance called manna, which was a type of bread. And every day, they gathered it up, and it was just enough for that day and for their needs. And it gave them strength and sustenance as God's people. God provided for their daily needs. Now, the question is, why didn't God just drop down weekly bread? or a stockpile 
of monthly bread? Why did God give it to them on a daily basis? And why would the bread spoil if they saved it overnight? That's what Exodus tells us. Well, the reason that it was daily bread is so that God would remind them that they were dependent upon him. That he was their creator. He was their deliverer. He was their sustainer. And so Jesus, when he's saying, give us this day our daily bread, he uses the word daily here. It points them back to this story and the word daily highlights our dependence on God. Daily here highlights our dependence on God. And for people who pray this prayer literally on a regular basis, give us this day our daily bread, people who don't have food, people who don't know where their next meal is coming from, there is an utter sense of dependence as they pray before God. God, give us this day our daily bread. But for most of us in this room, when we pray this prayer, it's easy to not feel that dependent upon God. Because we're going to stay after the service and we're going to talk for like 15 minutes about where to go eat. And then tonight, it's going to like, let's have a conversation about our meals for the week and what do we have in the pantry, right? We have pantries full of stuff. Most of us in here have plenty of food. We have our basic needs met. And so a lot of times we don't feel this sense of dependence because we have lives of abundance. But here Jesus gives us this line of the prayer so that we can pray and that we can confess our need for God on a daily basis, the dependence that we have because he is our creator, he is our provider, he is our sustainer. But this is so easy for us to forget. But that's who he is. He is our provider. We are dependent upon him. So he invites us to pray this, but even in this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, he's pointing us to something else beyond, something else deeper as well. Something one of my professors, Dr. Warren Smith, discovered when he was teaching the Lord's Prayer to a group of pastors in South Sudan. There he was, he was teaching a group of pastors, the Lord's Prayer and some other theology. And during the midst of it, one of the pastors from the Sudan raised his hand and said to Dr. Smith, he said, Dr. Smith, why do you pray this line in the prayer, give us this day our daily bread? And he went on to explain, he said, look, we live in a world of haves and have-nots. You are someone who is part of the haves. You have plenty of food. You have shelter. You have your basic needs met. So what exactly are you praying for when you pray, give us this day our daily bread? Dr. Smith stepped back and had to think about it for a minute. And he was a little taken aback because, you know, compared to American standards, he he was rich by no means. But Compared to their lifestyle and the way they were viewing him, he was certainly rich. He certainly had everything he needed. So he began to think about this pastor's very wise question. And then as he looked at the prayer again, he was reminded of why we're still called to pray it, even when we have lives of abundance. And he responded to the pastor, the reason I pray this prayer 
is because Jesus commands us to pray here that all of us have our daily bread. It's give us this day our daily bread, not give me this day my daily bread. See, a lot of times we personalize this aspect of the prayer, but what Dr. Smith was telling the students, hey, here as Christians, even Christians who have abundance, we're called to pray it not just personally, but we're called to pray it with and for people who are in need. We're to pray it as a prayer of intercession on their behalf. This prayer is a reminder to us that we are to pray for people who don't have their daily needs met, but not only that, we're also to provide for people who don't have their daily needs met, as Jesus commands us. We are to provide for the least of these as we pray for the least of these. Like we talked about last week, we're not just to pray this prayer, we are called to live this prayer. And this is where things get interesting because as one group of people is praying that God would give them daily bread, as one group of people is bringing their needs before God, the way God most often answers their prayer is that God uses another group of people to answer that exact prayer. And this was revealed to me when I was on a mission trip in Honduras. And I I don't know, how many of you have been on international mission trips here? Just curious. Okay, so a number of you. And One of the things, and we've done it here as a church, is that before the trip, missionaries typically collect money uh, for things like food. And so then the mission team will send resources down ahead of time so that they can buy food in bulk down there. And then that food gets distributed to people in need. So I was on this mission trip in Honduras, and we sent some money ahead. They had food, rice, beans, canned meat, different things like that, packaged up. And they had identified families who were in need in the community, in Oxypeel, Honduras. And now this was like backwoods, country, people were riding around in horses, no cars to be seen. And so we as a team had the privilege of carrying this food and delivering it to people's houses. And we got to this one woman's house and we knocked on the door. She invited us and we gave her this food. And when she discovered what was happening and what we were doing here, she immediately looked up to heaven and she lifted up a prayer of thanksgiving to God. And she told us just this morning, I was praying that God would bring me daily bread. That God would give me my food for today. And she said, you are an answer to that prayer. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself as an answer to someone else's prayers. But God wants to use you that way. God wants to use you to answer someone else's prayers. Now, you might be thinking, well, pastor, I'm not that spiritual of a person, so God couldn't use me. Or I I don't even really know how to pray. That's why I'm here on Sunday morning. So how am I going to help answer somebody else's prayer? Or maybe you're thinking, you're you're here today and you're just curious. You're kind of skeptical about this whole God thing. And so you're thinking, I don't even believe in God. How can I be an answer to someone else's prayer? But I want to tell you, God wants to use you. Yes, you here this morning to answer someone else's prayer. And I want to tell you that God has used you to answer someone else's prayer. 
Three weeks ago, I preached a sermon on, on being one in mission and ministry to our community and to the world around us, on how Jesus wants us to be his hands and his feet. And we talked about how kids in this community, a lot of them are hungry, don't have good access to food on the weekends and at other times. And there's a lot of kids living in families of poverty and they struggle. And so I said, hey, I think Jesus wants us to do something about it. And so we, we, we took up a special offering to help support kids in our community. And we use some of the, the offerings that you give on a weekly basis. And Friday, I got to go to Luella Elementary School, which is right down the street. And I got to give the principal and the counselor and the head nutritionist, I think we have a picture here, uh, on behalf of the church, I got to give them a check to pay off the outstanding debt of every kid in their school who goes to the lunchroom and is told, you can't, you can't charge your lunch anymore because your account is overdue. Yeah. That, that's a clap. That's a celebration for this church being the answer to families' prayers, uh, families' kids who have to face shame in the lunchroom, families who are just at the edge, and maybe they're above the poverty line, but they're always at risk of just falling below families who are struggling. And so thank you, because you are the answer to someone else's prayer. And not only that, from the offering that we collected, there was, there was more than enough to pay off those kind of high balance student debts that were outstanding. And so after the sermon, another teacher, Nancy, who's at Smith Barnes Elementary in Stockbridge, came up to me and said, hey, we're having some end-of-the-year events for families and students at our school, and um, we'd love to provide food for them and for their families. And so we were able to give them a check to their school as well and to say, hey, we want to bless you. We want to bless your students who are in need during this season. And she told me that some of the teachers were, were in tears at the generosity of this church. See, God has used this body, he has used you to answer people's prayers. For almost two decades now, he has used Harvest Point here in Henry County to answer people's prayers, people who are in need of God, people who are in need of comfort, people who are in need of hope. God has used this body to answer people's prayers prayers. And God doesn't want to just use us as a body. God also wants to use you personally to answer people's prayers. So I want to challenge you to live with your, your eyes open to people's needs around you. Let us know so we as a body can be a part of it. I want to encourage you to live as people with your heart open to people in need rather than, than closed off and, and protecting yourself and your own resources. I want to challenge you to live as people with hands wide open as you have been so that we can continue to bless people. We can continue to be an answer to people's prayers for their daily needs. Because in this prayer, we see that we and everyone else, we are dependent upon God for those needs. And God, in the mysterious way that he works, depends on us helping him in that work. But finally, I want you to see one last thing in this prayer. I want you to see that this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, is also pointing us 
beyond our physical needs. This prayer is pointing us beyond food, beyond water, beyond shelter, to even deeper needs. Needs that can only be met by Jesus. Jesus who says this in John chapter 6. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. For this bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. You see, bread here also has a deeper meaning. And Jesus' use of bread highlights how Jesus wants us to bring our physical needs and our spiritual needs before God. And through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection, Jesus, the bread of life, is able to meet all of those needs that we have. He's able to meet our need for forgiveness through his death on the cross. He's able to meet our need for connection as he connects us with God, our Heavenly Father. He's able to meet our need for love as he loves us with an unending love. He's able to meet our need for purpose as he gives us a new purpose in life when we turn our lives over to him. He is able to meet our need for a Savior as he saves us from our sin and for the new life that God has for us. He's able to meet our need for comfort as he sends the Holy Spirit to comfort us. He's able to meet our need for peace. He is able to meet all of our needs. We are completely dependent upon him. So he asks us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And as that professor who was teaching in South Sudan, Dr. Smith, once said, give us this day our daily bread. Those are the words of a beggar. And we are beggars before God. We are utterly dependent upon him for all that we need and for all that we are. And this is one reason why we come to the Lord's table. When we come to the sacrament of Holy Communion, we come with our hands open and empty, acknowledging that, that we are people who are desperately in need for him. This is why we come and we eat this bread and we drink from this cup as reminders of Jesus' sacrifice for us as tangible, physical signs that we are in need of grace and salvation. This is why we come before God on a daily basis in prayer. We come before him like beggars saying, we are in need of you. We need you to provide for our physical needs and our spiritual needs. But church, I want to tell you this. The good news is that when we come before God, even as beggars, we can come with hearts of gratitude because we worship and serve a God who is a good, good Father. And He gives us exactly 
what we need. And so would you bow with me in prayer as we give our needs to him this morning? God, here this morning, we all have different needs in our lives. God, there are some of us here who are coming before you praying for literal daily bread today because we don't know how the kids are going to get fed this week because it's the end of the month and finances are running short. And so, God, we offer that need before you this morning. There are others of us here this morning who are in need of comfort. And we realize that we can't we can't manufacture that. And so we ask that you would comfort us in our time of need. God, there are some of us who are looking looking for purpose and meaning in life. We don't know what we're doing. We're just going through the motions. God, we pray that you would give us purpose and meaning this morning. God, in this time, we give you all of our needs. We lay them before you at the foot of the cross. And as we do, we come with hands open, receptive to the good gifts that you want to give us today. So God, help us to receive those things this morning and in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and sing?